We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown Podcast. It is your Monday, July 10th. I have never been more confused about the day than, and I'm welcoming in Andrew Spade. We're getting into this quick. I mean, Andrew and I were talking forever before we started this pod, so we wasted some time. But Andrew, I've never been more confused about what day of the week it is. I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I genuinely cannot remember. It, like It's Sunday. It feels like Tuesday night. Wow. I don't know. I think it's the July 4th thing. Sure. It really got me mm-hmm. good here. Yeah. But... I mean, in our neighborhood, the trash changes days when you have a holiday. I mean, like, I'm all out of whack, man. But it's Monday. It's yeah. July 10th. So I'm going to welcome you in and say, what's up? How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, Jake. Um, fireworks update. I was doing dishes at my kitchen window last night, Saturday night, <laughs> I and I heard fireworks up and down the valley. So Saturday, uh, July 8th, still definitely the 4th of July. We had fireworks in this area as well, not as bad, and I also resisted the urge. Now that I have been informed from folks on the lovely social media apps that it is actually legal in Ohio to shoot off fireworks, I just, you know, didn't have the thought to call the cops or call. I, they were less idiotic to me. On it was a good time. It wasn't super late. It was yeah. like it was yeah. like nine thirty. It was yep. pretty getting pretty dark, and I'm like, okay, well, they're they're doing a legal thing shoot them off. That's great. Now, if it was midnight, would have had a different issue, but uh, a little earlier. So um, yeah, that's the thing. Now next year it'll be, we'll redo this whole podcast. It'll be a Wednesday, 4th of July. So we're still going to get the whole run it out. It's going to turn into a whole week thing again now. Yeah. It'll be a two week, two week holiday. Yep. Can't wait. Anyway, we're going to talk about a couple different things before we get to our NFC teams we're going to talk about for the day. So I think what I wanted to say to you, which is kind of just to elicit a response is like, I think the thing that keeps coming up in this, <laughs> I feel like I've been saying dead period forever. We're, we're, we're literally 10 days away from people actually arriving to Berea, getting ready for football. But the uh, the situation that keeps popping up around players that are going to be kept on the roster, that is one preseason thing that that is spent. So many people spend so much time thinking about that. Who's going to, are they going to keep seven receivers? Are they going to keep 10 offensive linemen? How many edge guys? Like that talking point and then saying, 
to yourself, like I'm, I'm discussing and having conversations about a guy who might have four catches the entire season. And it is hot debate too. People get really bothered. If you don't want to keep the end of the 53 man roster player that you want them to keep. I got to say, Andrew, it's one of my least favorite things to talk about in the preseason. And I know we did our, we do like most annoying parts of the off season not too long ago, but this one that is going to keep getting more and more airwaves is probably, I don't listen to this stuff. I don't like more and more characters and social media conversations that are so it's so goofy to spend this much time. I don't care if they keep, keep whoever you want in the spots that are guys that are not immediate depth players. Like if you keep Jakeem Grant, he's not going to play. If you keep Jalen Darden, he ain't going to play very much. They're not going to play. So whatever. And why, why do you care? Like, do you think that, does it, does it change your opinion about Kevin Stefanski? If he keeps seven wide receivers and three running backs and four tight ends, I just find that whole thing. Yeah. Hey, let me know how you do it. That's cool. We'll look at the players you have and we'll go from there. I don't know. Just me though. Well, I, I mean, first of all, I I would say that, you know, this is actually a different list that we're talking about. And and now that we're talking about it, I realize that this is, this could be definitely its own topic, which is like, this isn't annoying things about story, like narratives around the Browns. This is like annoying habits that develop like in social media or uh, around, you know, like around the team that are, you know, like part of the off season fabric, right? Like number one with a bullet for sure is posting workout videos, right? Like that, and, and this is not like, I'm not trying to, this, it's the same thing as the fireworks thing. Like live your life, enjoy yourselves, right? Like I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, but I'm saying there's nothing that means less to me than watching Deshaun Watson show to throw to Elijah Moore at the Miami hurricanes practice facility. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't matter. Dots. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, having, having arguments in July about players that might not even be on the roster by the end of training camp, right? Because they're so marginal to the team and might get, you know, might get hurt, might get whatever, and just aren't, you know, going to be factors in the season to your point is, is definitely also up there. Right. And then I think I would say honorable mention for clickbaity rankings. We've kind of had that conversation about coaches. There was another one of, you know, somebody did a power ranking of the quarterbacks, you know, and had all of the, all of the quarterbacks that had the worst years last year at the bottom. So it's like, we're not talking about bounce backs. We're not talking about what's going to happen. We're just putting guys that were bad at the bottom. That's as far as we're going with power rankings. So Deep those thought. are, those are a few of my least favorite things. Yeah. The video stuff is really funny to me because they're running routes on air and I would say, Hey, they probably should complete those. Just yeah. the thought, right. You know? So, um, you know, if, if, if no one's pressuring you, you get a clean three-step drop from a shotgun, you could, probably should put that thing 40 yards in the spot it's supposed to be generally. Wide receiver should probably catch it. So it's up there. Uh, I definitely, the camp stuff, I know you got to discuss it. You you have to spend time on it. You have to do the predictions. I get it, but boy, do I hate it. <laughs> yep. I hate it. It's just the most, and, and, and the, the worst part is when, people act like you're an idiot for not agreeing with their Mm -hmm. end of the roster or number of players to be kept. Right. Take. Yeah. And and you know, the thing about that, Jake, Andrew Barry doesn't know how many tight ends he's going to keep or wide receivers right now. He doesn't, he truly, if he, he has a lean, you know, he has a suspicion, he has an idea of who he'd like to see kind of take a role over and, and, and earn a spot, but he's not, He's not committed. A good general manager should not be committed to their roster on on July 9th. So it doesn't 
to me, it, it, you know, these are all conversations without a point because, you know, and, and even when you get to cut down day, which, you know, now there's just one, it, it that also, you know, will, will, is always talked about breathlessly as the final 53. But then of course, two days later, there's three more changes, right? So, um, you know, all of this stuff needs to be understood in the context of, you know, they're going to have a, what is it like a 15 man practice squad now or something like that. And they're going to have other guys that are on and off of the roster again and again. Um, you know, all in all, these NFL teams now have like an orbit of like 70 players that are around the team and signed and cut and re-signed. And so, you know, who's on the roster now or at the end of August is, is, I mean, it, it doesn't matter that much. It just doesn't matter that much because the number one thing they're thinking on that final cutdown day is we have to keep the guys that are most likely to get claimed, not necessarily who make the roster yeah. uh, balanced because they've still got a few days to adjust for that. Yeah. The thing that is amazing is, is like if those guys that you're arguing about actually play, all of them are not very good and all of them will, will disappoint you <laughs> if they actually have to play. Yeah. So you're wasting time predicting who's better when you probably don't even know because you don't see enough of their reps to know which one of those guys are better or know what they want from a guy like that schematically or if a guy is a special teams fit that you don't even know whether they play on kick kickoff team or kick return or uh, field goal team any of that it's just like why yeah. why are we going back and forth like just tell us it and that's great and we'll move yeah. on and we'll and we'll and we'll deal with the guys who actually matter for the season this is very old man angry but it's like i'm mean, it's not it's not angry here it's just more like i don't want to have this discussion where where it gets like i'll see it get like heated and people be like well here's why you have to keep seven receivers okay all right you know you know that okay that sounds great but but like wh- why are we even wasting our our energy on this right. topic? No, I, so, I think it, yeah, it's fine to have an opinion. Everybody should have an opinion, but getting committed to knowing something at this point, you know, the the NFL, if it doesn't teach us anything else, it should teach us that we don't know anything, right? I mean, if you went back to 2018, the number of people that would have thought that Josh Allen would end up where Josh Allen is was so vanishingly small. The fact that from from those two drafts, from 17 and 18, the two best quarterbacks were Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, both guys that were, you know, thought of going into those drafts as fringe fringe top 10, you know, quarterbacks, or fringe top 10 draft picks, I mean. And those, those are two of the best quarterbacks in the league. That should cement forever in your mind that the NFL is incredibly hard to predict. And the best thing to do, this is maybe a little bit zen, is cultivate a, a comfort with not knowing, right? Enjoy the mystery of the NFL. Yeah, the mystery stuff is is something people don't want to even admit though. You know, like they they uh they would rather live in this place of expected norms and, and like the whole thing you just went through is something so few people the the voices in this industry I respect the most are the ones who say I don't know. Yep. Because that's exactly it's right. it it's a very real it's a, it, you're at, I don't know more than you want to ever admit mm-hmm. when you want to pretend to be an expert. And I think that that is, uh, that is something worth discussing and, uh, you know, pointing out whenever you find those people, because I think that just, it just leads to better overall analysis, but neither here nor there in terms of guessing, we're going to shift to, 
uh, a discussion around, I guess it's Aaron Donald. There, there is no rumor with Aaron Donald, right? There, no. there is no, no Aaron Donald wants out. There is no, I mean, the Rams are trying to clearly rebuild, but they're not forcing themselves to give up Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, I don't think is begging to get out of LA. This is, I think something that uh, one of the aggregation sites just drummed up in terms of if this guy were to be available, would the Browns be interested in, which I think is a fair way to frame it. Then it turned into, it just took off, which is what happens with this stuff. It takes off into routes. You know, nobody really ever saw going and uh, it, it shouldn't have gone there anyway. But I think that the, the discussion around Aaron Donald does yield itself to like, if the Browns are going to go after somebody, should they be less inclined to go after some of the like fringe types, which are the Ionitis's Harris's whatever, and more of like taking a swing on a big name because you and I were talking uh, before this and every preseason there has been a big name traded whether I cannot remember the most recent it's bothering me but I very vividly remember Laramie Tunzel going from Miami to Houston Jadevian Clowney going from Houston to Seattle there's one other that I just can't remember you had mentioned a couple like Jamal Adams name I don't think that one happened with uh, preseason there have been there have been some I cannot remember the most recent big preseason move but they seem to happen more often than people think and it's like Aaron Donald is on the list. Like if there's a f- list of five, like this guy wants out, he could be traded in season. Think Von Miller of what was Von Miller two years ago. I think the thing that is interesting to me is the conversation of should they hold out and go after somebody big time like that as a means to make an actual push because like an Ioannidis or Harris or some of these others, maybe out of Dalvin cook or something, uh, Deandre Hopkins, They'll help a little maybe, but like those guys aren't going to make a difference. Should you be waiting and trying to pounce on a bigger name? Because that's one that's actually maybe going to push some wins over for you. Yeah. And I think, you know, the to actually this kind of melds with the previous point, right? Because one of the reasons to wait is to know more about your team. So they might not be a hundred percent comfortable with their defensive tackle room or the running back room or, you know, uh, the, the, you know, the safety room, the linebackers, um, you know, there, there are a half dozen places where the Browns might not feel hundred percent comfortable, but they also might think let's let the preseason play out. Let's see what we have because, uh, to your point, you know, the, the preseason trades do happen. And beyond that, uh, last year was the busiest NFL trade deadline, I, I think, ever in terms of like there were 10, 10 trades, uh, you know, over the course of the trade deadline and, and some big names. So if the Browns are, you know, six and two or five and three at that point and feeling really good about where they are, they if they don't make a move for a DeAndre Hopkins between now and then they've got more chips to push into the middle of the table at that point, right? They can they can afford a bigger contract because they've saved cap flexibility, and so they could potentially work out a deal for a player of that caliber, um, you know, that could really alter the course of the season. So it's strategically also beneficial to wait and just understand what you have as a team. Maybe by midseason, it's the, you know, the – defensive tackle room is actually showing up and Jordan Elliott is finally, you know, the guy that they keep thinking he is. And the, and the area that needs help is, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, the nickel situation in, at cornerback is still completely unsettled and and that needs address. I mean, you just don't know where you're going to be at by mid October. And so 
the smart thing for the Browns to do here is is probably to wait, I think, to your point and and see how their needs develop and evolve as the season, uh, you know, unfolds. Yeah, I just don't want them to rush into something when there could be a name. There's always a name. There's always a big name that either the, the, the situation falls apart or crumbles or you know, whatever it, it like it, in season, their team falls apart. There may be a contract situation. So I don't know that the Browns can, can pass out one of those huge, con- they can't, they can't give one of those huge contracts that some of these other teams get right. But like, I think that they could at least be in the market for somebody whose whose situation gets ugly and they can, they can take on a player, a veteran player like that. It could make a lot of sense for them. So I hope That's that right. that, something like that comes to pass. So we're going to take a quick break, come back. We have a couple more NFC teams to do. We're going to do a couple more pretty much per episode. Then we'll round out the NFC by the end of this week. So uh, we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay, so we're going to jump back into these NFC uh, teams. We're going to try to do two of them and then wrap up the NFC with uh, some 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 odds and ends by the end of the week. But we're going to do the Bears. Not that they're a real NFC contender, but the Browns do play them. They're a little later in the season. Do you know, Andrew, if they're like week 13, 12? You know, Jake, I happen to have the schedule in front of me. It's week 15, uh, Sunday, right. December 17th. Okay, so it's a determined uh, two-to-be-determined time, too. So That's maybe right. they think that that'll be a decent game. Who knows? We'll see. But – uh, the 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 Bears being on the schedule do get our discussion. We'll, we'll get to another team after this. So uh, we're going to look at a team that is, um, I would I would have to say, uh, is is expected to be better, but it's just a matter of how much better is that that better. Which sounds stupid to say out loud, but they're 
they're just they're they're very weird. I, people are really high on the Bears, Andrew, and I'm not sure that I can I can meet them on the on the level of. Uh, I know we were talking about off air some of these things with Justin Fields as a as a fantasy football quarterback. It's like you know people are people are pushing the Bears sort of into a different a different realm that I'm not totally sure I can, 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 can get to. They have made some additions. They had a ton of free agency dollars to spend. So they had DJ Moore in that trade. They had Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker. They had uh, Nate Davis at guard. They do let go of Riley Reif, the offensive tackle on David Montgomery, but there's a lot to like here in terms of where they were this year. Sorry, last year and this year. So DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, which is obviously much improved. They drafted Tyler Scott in the fourth round. You know how much I liked him. So, We'll see if he pans out the offensive line. They did draft Darnell right in the first round. They have Tevin Jenkins who's a second round pick in 2021. Cody Whitehair, like we said, they, they, they signed Nate Davis. It's a better offensive line. Cole Kmet is a fun tight end for them. Khalil Herbert is a, is an, is a really nicely developed Virginia tech late round running back that has been good for them. Taking over from Montgomery. They brought in Deontay Foreman from Carolina who had a nice run for them last year. And then they brought in the fourth round Rashawn Johnson. Texas, the uh, back hiding behind Bajan Robinson, who I liked a lot. Defensively, uh, Andrew Billings, alive and well. They signed Demarcus Walker as one of their edge players. They have Travis Gibson, but it's not a great group. They did bring in uh, Javon Dexter in the second round this past year and Zach Pickens, so two SEC defensive tackles in the second and third rounds. Then you have uh, a linebacker. They brought in TJ Edwards, who we know Jim Schwartz liked a lot. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, and then uh, they drafted Noah Sewell, the fifth-round Oregon linebacker. And then Jaquan Brisker leads their secondary with Eddie Jackson. The two safeties are dynamic players. And then Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami they took in the second round this year. Jalen Johnson's been a nice player for them. And Kyler Gordon is a, a second-round pick in 22 as their nickel. It's a good team. I think they're an interesting team. I don't know. I think everything, as you look at, like, who are they, everything sort of relies around – Justin Fields. I mean, it's. I think it's a roster, Andrew, that's good enough to win some ball games. Perhaps surprise people. Be one of those teams that goes from bottom of the NFL to a competing for playoff situation. Especially considering the Packers are going to work their way backward. There's a chance the Vikings are going to work their way backward, and we'll talk about the Vikings here in a little bit. But they're a team that in Minnesota that won a lot of games, expected to work their way in the opposite direction this year. Uh, just from a favorable one score outcome situation. I think the Vikings had like a historic one score outcome situation last year. So um, yeah, I think they're pretty much Justin Fields is, uh, is going to take them to either, uh, you know, average or, or, or great if he turns into being one of these breakout candidates, you know? Yeah. I, I think there's definitely that piece of it. There's also the piece where, um, you know, it's it's this classic thing: young quarterback, a lot of skill, defensive head coach. You know, and it, it's it's one of those situations that every time it plays out, it it just feels a little unfortunate. You know, I, I don't know a lot about Luke Getze as an offensive coordinator. I know that they really didn't seem to know what to do with Justin Fields for the first half of last year. You know, and then kind of figured out letting him make plays and and you know extend things was in their best interest. But you know, he does take a lot of sacks, and I, you know, I mean. I don't know if a, if a coach like Matt Eberflus gives you enough defensively that it it's the right decision to to you know deprive Justin Fields of a really you know high end offensive mind and so you know there's I, in my mind there's a limitation to what you know he can become unless he's going to just go supernova on his own just because the system is so much less favorable you you know um, 
we talked before the break about Patrick Mahomes turning into who Patrick Mahomes is. Well, you know, Andy Reid deserves, I think, you know, second most credit behind Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen, same thing, right behind Allen working on his craft is Brian Dable putting him in situations to succeed. I'm skeptical about the Bears' ability to do that with Justin Fields, and so then it becomes a question of how good can he kind of be on his own, and that it just creates this mismatch where, you know, Bears' defense might be good, keep him in some games, but is Fields going to be really given the the framework, you know, the the system in which to thrive? You know, the DJ Moore trade helps a ton, but um, beyond that, what does the system look like, and how easy do they make it for him? So when you look at their season. I don't think we need to go further than he's going to be the X factor. I mean, it's getting something out of these wide receivers. Chase Claypool might be one of the worst wasted picks we've seen in a while. I still can't believe they got out of him what they did. Yeah. I I just don't believe in that guy. Um, It's, it's fields, but it's, is the defense able to carry them is probably another way you could put it. I think they're better Andrew uh, than last year. I agree. Uh, Deeper should be more competitive. Uh, all around. And then uh, I still think they're definitely tier five. They're a fringe team. I don't think they have playoff expectations or play. I mean, they probably could say they have playoff hopes, but I, I certainly don't think that they're a team that I think has like that, that glimpse of that yet. They could turn into one, but they feel more fringe to me than anything else. Are you, are you there? Or do you have a little bit higher expectation for them? No expectation is there, but I think the ceiling is high just because of the quarterback. I mean, I think we both like Justin Fields coming out of Ohio State as a as a prospect, uh, and so I think you know I think that's still it's still in there. The things that that you liked about him are still there. It's just the question of putting it all together. Okay, let's switch over to the Vikings as we wrap up today. So marquee additions for the Vikings. They added Marcus Davenport, who I think is an important part of their edge group. Uh, young player didn't quite pan out on his rookie deal, first year deal. Um, sorry, rookie contract from a first round pick with with the Saints. Some injuries, but I would have been interested in the Browns acquiring him. I think they made a good move there. Then they they add Byron Murphy, uh, Josh Oliver at tight end because they let go of uh, their tight end Irv Smith, who ends up in Cincinnati. Uh, they they let go of Patrick Peterson, veteran corner, ends up in Pittsburgh. Dalvin Tomlinson comes to Cleveland. Adam Thielen goes to Carolina. So they're in the midst of kind of like this mini rebuild kind of on the fly thing here where they're trying to – they've given up some important parts of things, but they're trying to, to keep it together and continue to be competitive. I actually don't hate what Questy's done here. So, uh, ju- you know, Justin Jefferson is good as anybody in the industry – will we'll carry their group. They added Jordan Addison. We'll see. I like Jordan Addison, but I think that there's some unreal expectations for him. KJ Osborne came on for them as their third receiver. They go Darisol, Christian Darisol, Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury, Ed Ingram, and then Brian O'Neill. It's a good offensive line. It's a pretty good group. Uh, TJ Hawkinson came on. They traded for him. He came on really well for them. Had a nice back half of the year after the trade. Kirk Cousins, they reshape the running back room now with Alexander Madison taking over as the lead back, Ty Chandler. They drafted Dwayne McBride out of UAB in the seventh round. Um, uh, the edge group changed, obviously. They let go of some pieces, added some pieces. So you have Daniil Hunter, Marcus Davenport as your as your uh, odd front edge rushers. Then you have uh, Dean Lowry and Harrison Phillips as their sort of interior four-eye, three-tech edge guys. Their nose is Kyrus Tonga. They have Jordan Hicks at linebacker, uh, Brian Osamoah uh, also playing linebacker as well. The The secondary is a bit of a problem. <laughs> Be yep. nice. 
They added a they added Makai Blackman this year, but Andrew Booth, the second round pick last year, hasn't he did not have a very good uh, season last year. Harrison Smith is aging, older safety now. He's drafted in the first round in 2012. Seems like forever ago. Uh, Cam Bynum, uh, Caleb Evans, uh, and then Byron Murphy. It is um, it's not a very good secondary. So I think this is a team like we said earlier um, that is that is led by. Kevin O'Connell, they they brought in Brian Flores, so Flores is going to obviously play a hyper aggressive structure scheme approach. We'll see how that works with the defense. I'm not sure is built that way, uh, especially in the secondary. We'll see how that pans out. I think O'Connell does a good enough job with their offense. I expect them to be competitive, but I don't. You know, I think what did they go 13 and four last year? Yeah, I, I think they're that's going to reel back. So they're on the worst side of things. The X factor. For this team is kind of to me what Flores does with that defense and the lack of skill over there, right? Yeah. Uh, to because I don't think they have as deep a team as they've had in years past. They obviously let go at linebacker. Kendricks is gone. Zadarius is gone. A lot of pieces. Dalvin Tomlinson have gone. Patrick Peterson was at least solid for them. So it's a completely reshaped group on that side of the football. So the X factor for me, the who are they? is they're reshaping their defense while trying to continue to be really good offensively. Yep. And um, we'll see if that works out. It's it's as you look at the defense, though, you're like, whew, I don't know about that, man. Yeah. You know, something that occurs to me as, as you're talking through what the Vikings have done is that they really had a uh, an almost uh, like an even a heightened version of what the Browns had in Stefanski and Barry's first season, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we, we, I mean, the Browns made the playoffs that year. They beat the Steelers. I, I think you, you go back and you look at those games, you look at their underlying metrics, they were not, you know, they did not play at the level of an 11-win team. Uh, and so, um, you know, or, or, or yeah, they were 11-5, and five, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and certainly the same thing with the Vikings this past year. They were not playing at the level of 13-14, and 14, but they just kept winning these close games, and it and it all panned out for them. The difference is that the Browns, uh, you know, saw that and, a, and a, you know, what you would kind of call maybe a uh, scruffy defensive uh, performance, a scrappy defensive performance from an untalented, you know, you remember the Andrew Sendejos and the uh, Olivier Vernons, right, of, of the 2020 defense. And they stuck with Joe Woods for two more years. The, the Vikings, uh, 13 and four, and uh, brought in a new defensive coordinator. So, yeah. like, that's, you know, it, it, they have shown some real pragmatism here. I think prop, the, their actions have shown that nobody believes that they were a 13-4 and four team less than they do, which I think they deserve a ton of credit for. Because I think if the, you know, one of the, the, one of the questions that I think is worth asking is if the Browns had been more aggressive in fixing the Joe Woods mistake sooner, where would that, where would the team be now? Because it was really instrumental in their in their troubles in 21 and 22 it's very fair i think that they're taking a huge risk here but like i said some people would maybe prefer it this route instead of the full teardown right where you try to keep one side of the football hyper competitive and just just bank on that Mm -hmm. uh on the fly thing happening we'll see i think questy's done an interesting thing here a really interesting thing it's worth watching because if that can work it's a it becomes a blueprint it does. It does. And, you know, as, as he's a smart guy and he knows that offense is more sustainable than defense That's right. year to year. So I'm not surprised he's gone this route. Uh, I think they're worse than last year, but that doesn't mean they can't still go nine and eight, 10 and seven and find a way into a bad NFC playoff realm. You know what I mean? So 
I don't know. Would you say they're worse? I think they're worse, right? Uh, yeah, I think they're. Ooh. I mean, I I really like their offense, though, man. Like, um, I, and and you know, uh, Dalvin Cook wasn't really doing much, so you know, the loss of him on offense doesn't doesn't bother me too much. T.J. Hawkinson having the off season to get ready and kind of come back, uh, you know, for a full season with the Vikings. You know, we'll see what Addison becomes, but I like their weapons, and you know, I, I mean, I, I think it's kind of time that we all. I mean, it's so fun to make fun of Kirk Cousins, but uh, I don't know that he deserves it anymore. He just keeps doing it, you know? He does. He does deserve. It's getting to the point where it's gone so far that it's getting out of hand. He deserves respect. Like He really does. He's, yeah. he's, he's a guy that I thought would be the perfect quarterback to take an, a new team every year. Just drop yep. him in. He's mm-hmm. so professional. He'd come in. He could change the culture of your offense for those teams that have not had you know, he should be this rental quarterback. Maybe that still is out there in his future. I don't know. But I just think you could drop him into a lot of places. And he just immediately would improve. Now, he's never going to carry you. He's never going to take you places, you know, but he's he's certainly going to be a respectable quarterback. And, uh, you know, if your team around him can supplant him with, you know, supply him with enough weapons. Yeah. Supplant, that'd be different. Supply him with <laughs> enough weapons. Supply and, for uh, now. Supplant later. Bingo. Uh, and, then, and then obviously have a plan in place on the other side of the football to be competitive there. You – you can do a lot worse. We know that. Yep. You can do a lot worse. They're a playoff hopes team to me. I don't think expectation, so I'd probably put them in a tier four. Do you think uh, that's right or wrong? Well, the only thing is just about the division. I'm not buying, you know, the Lions are the classic uh, preseason hype team this year. Everybody knows it. And, uh, you know, they're. I, I feel for Detroit fans, but I, you know, I think it's going to be hard for them to live up to their preseason hype. So I think the Vikings have to be the uh, NFC North favorites, in which case I think they should expect to make the playoffs just by virtue of winning the division. That's fair. It's a really reshaped division that could see Green yeah. Bay on the bottom yeah. of it for the first time in a long time. So that would be something, right? Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to a little bit on Green Bay later. But yeah, that's it for today. We we've talked about the two teams I think that are probably viewed as the forefront of that division. I think the Lions are getting a lot of respect. Uh, that uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll see. I'm not sure I believe in it, but. Uh, you know, that's those two teams uh, stand out. We'll get to a couple more when we get with Andrew again on Wednesday. Uh, otherwise, who knows? Maybe we'll have some some real uh, tangible conversation points by then. But that'd be cool. At the rate, at the rate we're going, I wouldn't bank on it. So uh, we'll do our best uh, to come up with some things to chat about. We appreciate you guys much, uh, you know, so much for stopping by. Uh, thanks from from uh, myself to Andrew for being here. And then thanks from both of us for you guys stopping by. Rate and review the pod. We always appreciate that. Looks like we got some fun stuff coming up at the OBR website this week where we start looking at some secondary players finally, as this is sort of the last week of prep before the guys arrive. And on the 21st, minicamp is off and kicking the, the following week. So we will uh, deep dive the AFC North, not this week, obviously, but next week, and have you all ready to go and then start diving into camp battles as training camp is going on and we start to get some glimpses of what's happening down there in Greenbrier and then when they come back and all of that. So you'll be well covered with everything you need to know about your Cleveland Browns. So from Andrew, for me, we appreciate you guys stopping by. Have a fantastic Monday. And- Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.